Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yes, it is our two home improvement phone lines wide open for you. And we are talking things about your house. Yep. Everything you want to talk about. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. We've got one more hour out of two. A special guest talking about the St. Charles Home Show today. Ten phone lines, lots of goodies. More fun than should be allowed in KMOX. Yeah, what can I say? Bosco's here cranking out 50,000 watts. He's our gerbil on the little running wheel. He is really the man. I We get a little bit of help from Amarin. You know, thanks to Amarin. little shout out for our buddies there who keep us on the air. That's a good thing. But Bosco, for the most part, you know, I give him a little food and water, bring him a treat. You know, he's my guy. Keeps me on. Well, we have Ellen Veeman with us here of the Home Builders Association to talk about the home show, 10 phone lines, 314-436-7900, and 800-925-1120. Bring them on. Bring the many. I can do the best I can. Any questions I don't know answers to, we have a ton of listeners in KMOX Familyville that can answer this question for you. With me now, Ellen Veeman of the Home Builders Association. Ellen, what's going on in St. Chuck this weekend? It is the 37th annual Builders Home and Remodeling Show, and it is basically a place to go when you've got questions about your home and your projects, or just to get ideas and inspiration, see what's new out there. All of these exhibitors bring the latest styles, the latest colors, energy-efficient products. I mean, all the newest stuff is going to be on display at the home show. Wow. You can learn so much, even if you're not ready right now for your next project. I know sometimes you want to plan quite a bit in advance for, for you know, a big project that you're doing, a new kitchen, new bath. Um, and this is the place to come to, to talk to people and, and get all of your questions answered. You know, I like the St. Charles Home Show. It's easy in, easy out. You know, I mean, the traffic is not a big deal. Downtown, I love the big, I like the big one. You know, I like, it's the Mac Daddy of home shows. But, you know, St. Charles just has, you know, kind of saunter in and wander around and smell some good stuff, you know, have a little bit of good food, have some good, you know, it's just, a, it's a different pace, isn't it? It's definitely easy. You know, it's easy to get to. It's it's free to park, free to get in. You can, you know, you come today and you don't have quite enough time to, to walk the whole thing. Go back tomorrow. You know, it's free. You don't have to worry about paying another admission um, price. So, yeah, it's just a really easy place to go and see all the experts and find out about your home. Yeah, traffic's in and out. Now the new exit, my goodness, that's uh, what a The what new a plus. exit, Convention Center Boulevard exit, right off of 70, either direction. I mean, it puts you right there. It, it couldn't be any easier to get to. Yeah, yeah. Good air conditioning, I promise it works oh, it's chilly. all day. Feels yeah. good in there. And the hours again? It is until 8 o'clock tonight and 11 to 5 tomorrow. 11 to 5 tomorrow. Okay, well, uh, will you stick around just a little bit, take one question, we'll wrap up and uh, give that information one more time. Uh, you sure. know, I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm learning challenge. So we have something around Mosby we call seven squared. <laughs> uh, and that is uh, basically you have to tell adults basically uh, seven times before they get it at a seventh grade English level. Got so it's it. called seven squared. I can stick around. That's very high level, but you know, basically, it's it's for people like me. You know, explain it seven ways and tell them seven times, and maybe they can be up to date with it. Let's see what's cooking here, and go to uh, how about Beth? Hey, Beth Scott Mosby, Ellen Veeman here. How can we help you? Hi, I'm calling. Um, I have a 
early 1950s home in Webster Grove, mm-hmm. and we have the original uh, white metal Geneva cabinets in our kitchen. Yes. And we were going to do a complete remodel of the kitchen and then decided to scale it back and retain, you know, those original cabinets. But I'd like to get them repainted, and I am looking for advice on, you know, where to go and what we can do with them. Well, here's the here's the bad news, Beth, is those Geneva cabinets last forever. And here's the good news. Those Geneva cabinets last forever. Uh, you actually can get hardware for those cabinets. And when and when you're willing to strip the cabinets down, sand them and prep them, have a really good painter come in and spray those cabinets they can look brand new and last as long as when they were first new. So I, I've been involved. With, there were some Mutchler cabinets, uh, Geneva cabinets, uh, but they're metal. Uh, my gosh, um, they'll be trucking when you and I are dust. Well, and they're, they're really very functional still. We just decided there's no point in getting rid of them and spending the money. You know, that's kind of a, a big thing now is to retain the retro sure, kind sure. of uh, look. So we'd like to do that. We just don't know. Uh, we we would take them down. We're going to do some other work, but uh, we could take them down and, you know, take them to a shop to do the work for us. We just don't know where to turn. Uh, if you're going to take them down, I would have them powder coated, P-O-W-D-E-R, where they put, you know, you do. A, but but the real thing is in the, like any other painting, it's in the surface preparation. Uh, most sure. commonly, those cabinets stay in place. They don't have to come down to be uh, repainted. Um, but make sure you go all the way because a halfway paint job, if you don't get all the oils and the wear and the chip off and sand them down very carefully, then you're just making, you know, putting a pretty coat of paint over a rough, irregular surface. So they can be truly stunning. Um, okay. Uh, there, um, are, there are powder coaters available in the St. Louis County. There's a company named Voss that used, V-O-S-S, used to be around in Webster Groves that specialized in metal painting. Uh, okay. I know our painters paint metal cabinets. You know, any good painter um, that, that is willing to do the work and, you know, you can paint the insides or the outsides. Uh, but, you know, frankly, it just depends how far up and down the food chain. But those cabinets... My gosh, they will keep going and going and going. Right, right. And we decided there's no point in in getting rid of them. So I also heard somebody told me about electrostatic painting. Is that something? Yeah, that's that, powder coating. That's that yeah. is powder coating. Yeah, it's oh, just, perfect. Yeah, okay. electrostatic mean basically you put an electrical charge on the cabinets which are metal, uh, and then you spray a paint on it well the paint goes and the paint is electrically charged in the opposite charge so they just find each other and it's an incredible way so you have very little overspray good for the environment all that kind of peripheral benefits so and it lasts a long time so good stuff oh perfect all right well thank you very much yeah beth i haven't had that question for a long time thank you for asking it and i'm glad to hear those puppies are still around because (laughs) here's the ticket if you ever take out metal cabinets and you put them on the internet man do the vultures start circling people want those cabinets because you know if you're willing to repaint them they'll go another 50 years right right I think we'll keep them, but thank you. Okay, Beth, thanks. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye now. 
and home improvements, so many things. That's something you don't see at the home show or metal cabinets, you know? How true. about that? That's true. Ellen, uh, you're going to head off to the rest of your real life here on Saturdays, probably back to the home show at St. Charles. Uh, uh, let, wrap us up here. Uh, help people understand how they can best uh, use their Saturday. Sure. Come on out to the home show. There's 200 companies there who can answer all the questions that you've got about your home, your home projects, you know, anything that you're looking at doing. Jeff Devlin from DIY Network is going to be on today at 2 and 6 with some really great tips and tricks for remodeling like a pro, whether you want to do it yourself or hire somebody. And he's really fun. Um, and, you know, just bring the kids, bring the whole family and just have a really fun day out at the St. Charles Convention Center. We're there until 8 today and 11 to 5 tomorrow. So this could be an evening out with the fam, too. It sure could be. All right. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks for coming and putting together that uh, that event. It's, it's really kind of a foundation of uh, St. Louis culture now, I think. Thank you, Scott. All right. Ellen Veeman, Home Builders Association. Folks, stay tuned. So much more fun than we should really have here on KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, we're going to have as much fun as we can right here in KMOXville. You know, 50,000 watts, blowtorch noise everywhere. We've got Bosco Crete and a bit of noise in the background, but we, we tune that out pretty well. Uh, one more time, uh, having a seminar, Creating Your Own Master Suite Oasis. That's coming up October 7th on Saturday, a couple Saturdays from now. Doors open at 10 a.m. The seminar is at 1030 Lodge of De Pairs, De Pair Road, RSVP to call Mosby or mosbybuildingarts.com. Uh, just everything you want to know. Let's get right to the phone lines and start here. We've got a great board of questions. Let's go with Philip. Hey, Philip, good afternoon. Welcome to Cam Wicks. Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. I don't even know if my call is even show-worthy. Um, installed a sump pump and you know, you're talking about foundations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering how far should I have uh, the discharge out from my house so it doesn't affect my foundation? You have any thoughts on how, how I should have done that? Uh, it extends about a foot out from the house. It shoots the water out about a foot. It's kind of hidden behind the air conditioner. Perfect. So um, I... I don't know if anything else I should have done. No, uh, Philip, this is the perfect question for the Helitech Camwex Home Improvement Show. Uh, anything, anything that drains off your roof, out of your basement, whatever, for surface water drainage has to be, in my mind, 10 feet or more. Uh, 10 feet or more. Uh, typically, for example, uh, the way I like to see it is downspouts need to be drained by pipes away from the foundation. Otherwise, you're just dumping all that water right back in the foundation. And, and for in the case of a sump pump, you know, basically it's going to make about an eight-foot round circular loop back down into the sump pit, back out, pump out a foot. And the uh, foundation guys don't really do that because their thing is inside the house. And once you get outside, they start digging up your house 10 feet away, start getting into the landscaping. So uh, I like to put those pipes into a downspout drain pipe that goes uh -huh. 10 feet. That's the best way to do it. Um, and, you know, 10 feet or more. Okay. I, you know, uh, I, I heard the uh, topic and I said, uh, I listen to KMOX every Saturday. And, you know, if anybody can give me some insight, Scott has some insight. So thank you very much. Thank you for the service that you provide the whole Listening area. Right Go on. Hard. 
Philip, great question. Thanks for bringing it. All right. You're welcome. Go Cardinals. <laughs> Go Cardinals. Bye now. Next Bye. up, let's see what's cooking here with Peter. Hey, Peter Scott here. How can we help you, my friend? Yeah. Hi, Scott. Um, I just wanted to ask you a question. We just did a radon level test in our basement. We lived here about 17 years and finally got around to doing that. And, uh, you know, we got the two little vials from the hardware store and sent it off to a lab and it came back uh, higher than it's, I guess, four yeah. is the level and it came back at a 10. Oy. Yeah. So I'm calling to find out, is there some things that we can do ourselves to try to mitigate that? Or is that a professional job to, to really get it done right? Uh, it's a professional job to really get it done right. The good news is that it's really pretty inexpensive, Peter. Don't fear this thing. It's, uh, you know, the long and the short of it, a crude description is it's a little constantly running low-grade vacuum motor that draws a vacuum and sucks air out from out of your house from underneath your concrete slab. So it's um, it's no real big deal. It's, you know few thousand dollars, uh, but where they put it, how they put it in, whether they put in two, um, knowing the area around your house, uh, what the geological, you know, sub area is like, you know, so this is for a pro and, you know, 4.0 or below is what's considered not actionable for radon. Anytime you get at three and above on the lowest level occupied, then I start considering radon treatment and anything 10 and above, man, oh man, you're in the big leagues, go to the pros, get them quick and get her done. Okay. Well, I was hoping there might be something I could do myself, but, uh, it sounds like they have to do something, do that under the slab deal, huh? You can't just, we have a sump pump in there with, you know, that's open. And, uh, I've read some things that said that could be part of the problem, but you don't think that would be just sealing up that sump pump pit would solve the problem. Yeah, that's all part of it. Again, it, but but the uh, the doctor's analysis is worth the price of admission. Frankly, you're playing in the big leagues. This is you know radon is a cancer causing you know it's carcinogen. So right. it's it's you know don't mess with it. it. And frankly, when you go to sell the house, you have now you have a legal responsibility to disclose that it tested it. 10 or above. Uh, I I will tell you that when you call a pro, they're probably going to want to test it themselves because your mail away things in the house, houses are pretty good for getting pretty close. Um, but, uh, they may want to retest it. So part of the service may include a retest on that. Right. And would, right. I live over in Illinois. Would there be like a, a state listing of, uh, approved, uh, radon mitigation people in the area or how would you find someone? Oh, sure. Call the Home Builders Association, the HBA of Southwestern Illinois. They have radon services out there. Real estate agents are always into these uh, services as well. Uh, But please don't fear this, Peter. This is really a a pretty inexpensive thing, and it is not for the do-it-yourself. I understand the whole thing, but, you know, there's core cutting. You've got to drill this perfectly round hole so the pipe fits in and you seal, you know. This is low-tech, high-value, relatively low-cost. Okay. Well, that's what I needed to know. I appreciate the help. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, good for you on, on testing that thing. Way to, way to save your own life, brother. Okay. Hopefully <laughs> we did. Yeah, you might have. All right. All right, Peter. Bye now. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Uh, next up, let's see what's happening here with Joe. Hey, Joe Scott here in the corner of Camo X. How can I help you, my friend? 
Well, I got a brand new uh, asphalt driveway this past May, and I was wondering when should I seal it, this fall or next spring? Uh, Man, you're right on the cusp of that. Um, We had a lot of rain and a lot of heat. Uh, What happens is you really want that top layer of asphalt oil coating to wear off so that you're actually coating the aggregate and the drive itself. Um, man, I'd almost have to see it. You're, you're so close. I, I would almost advise next spring, frankly, Joe, you know, I, yeah, what you're saying, I, I understand exactly. Cause he, the, the guy that did the driveway for me said that you almost want it to look kind of grayish. Yeah. Have a great color to it rather than the, you know, black. Yeah, all, all you're, what we're asking here is how long do I have to let Mother Nature prepare the substrate before I paint this driveway? Yeah, right. it's like, well, the you know, a little more UV from the sun and some driving rain, you know, the snow freeze thaw won't hurt it either. You know, you're you're in good shape. It's not gonna hurt your driveway to send it through the winter and it'll improve your coating. My opinion is wait till spring and uh, let Mother Nature do the rest of her job. All right, I appreciate that. Good question, Joe. Right on. Hey, new driveway. Hoo <laughs> Yeah. All right, take care. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye bye. CamWex Home Improvement. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby at the helm. Bosco cranking out 50,001 watts. Our producer is Matt, and we will be right back. Stay tuned. There is more wisdom coming. We have some questions on the board. Awesome. Awesome. Smartest listeners in the world. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Stay tuned here. We've got uh, all kinds of things coming up here on KMOX. 1 o'clock, the Rick Edelman Show right here on KMOX. 3 o'clock, the business of family business with Ryan Recker, Chesterfield Fence and Deck today. Tom Teal on. I know him from the Better Business Bureau. And on on and on, we have the cards and Pittsburgh Pirates tonight, 6.05 p.m. today, the Ameren pregame show at 5. Stay tuned on KMOX. It's always fun. You know there's more than going on around this St. Louis area than we can count, and Camwex is always part of that family. Let's see what's cooking here and uh, see what's going with Dallas. Hey, Dallas, Scott Mosby here on Camwex. How can I help? Scott, I need your expert help. Okay. I've got a um, home down at the Lake of the Ozarks. It was built in 1979. Okay. And it's got a, a big stone fireplace in the center of the, of the home, probably about four by eight. Anyway, where it and then there's a vault, vaulted uh, ceiling over the great room, okay? Okay. And the, the fireplace where it goes through the roof, um, I'm having uh, problems with moisture that gets gets in. It seems like it gets between. It doesn't appear like the leak roof is leaking, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I've been down there when it's really been storming, and I haven't seen no evidence of water coming in. Yeah. But it's still like when we went to open it up this spring, there was some drywall tape that was come come loose from the ceiling, actually, okay? Yes. And um, anyway, um, we keep the temperature in the house down there in the winter probably around 58. Um <clears throat> And I'm trying to just get to what I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what to do next. I, I did... Uh, in about five years ago, I had a false chimney built around the stone because I thought maybe that was 
wicking in moisture, the old stone. We had put Thompson's on it, but it didn't seem to be working. Anyway, put like a veneer, false chimney wrap around it with a stainless steel cap. Okay. But still has a problem. Um, and uh, really don't know quite how to what to do to go about attacking it. On on one on one side of the chimney, it, it's, the ceiling is not ex- exposed. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. there's an attic below that. On the on the vaulted side, where I see the moisture problem, um, well, the, the ceiling is exposed. In fact, there's false. Uh, like look like six by six cedar beams, but they're really made out of one by sixes boxes, you know. Yeah. I actually seen some moisture that got into that and run, seemed like it's run down the whole barn ceiling in some places, but mostly it's around the around the chimney area, chimney area there. Well, Dallas, there there really isn't anything wrong, and it won't stop. It is condensation. So you're coming at it and have successfully, you've done some of the uh, process of elimination with the uh, uh, stucco on the exterior, the stainless steel cap. Uh, the issue then remains, you've kind of eliminated one, two, and three of possibilities in, in priority. The next one is you just get a real cold stone chimney in the winter, and even at 58 degrees, the moisture inside the house is higher than the outside, and so it's just condensing on that cold stone surface and it really doesn't hurt the stone, but when you have drywall touch it or wood with a stain on it or paint, um, you know, it's just it's just moisture. So it's condensation. Uh, and when you have a chimney flue that's open or even when you have a damper closed down below, that big cone of masonry, you know, it's a cave. It gets really cold just like outside. So you're getting condensation between the interface of those different materials. So the, what's the answer? Just keep it warmer down there? Well, ideally, the way you, uh, we would build it differently today. We'd have the stone go up, and then we would actually have a big uh, chunk of insulation to isolate the framing and drywall away from the stone. So we would put a koozie around your fireplace before we hang the roof, the drywall, and the beam finish on the inside. So it, we would just put in a thermal break so that the stone gets cold. It stays cold, but it doesn't really touch anything else. You see what I mean? So, Okay, so if I pull the drywall off around the chimney in there and put some uh, foam around the uh, stone just to kind of isolate it, the, uh, the uh, ice would still go up to the chimney, but would, would that be a possible solution? Uh, not really. It, it almost needs to have a thermal break be, between the framing. Uh, so yes, that's okay. the that would be the next step. But um, uh, it, it sometimes it's just easier if you can pull the drywall back and use a wood trim around that and, and then just change your wood trim every three or four years just when it gets unsightly. But it's just a higher maintenance issue. It, you, nothing's really fallen apart here, Dallas. It just yeah. doesn't look good. So you don't, don't lose sleep over it. But, you know, you can minimize it by doing what you're describing. Okay. All right. Good question. Uh, By the way, it's all over St. Louis. We're a masonry town, so every house built in the last hundred years is built that way, and sooner or later we have problems at the ceiling to the big, if you have a big full masonry fireplace. Okay. 
All right. Well, I appreciate your help. Okay, sir. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. And next up, let's see what's cooking here. And uh, let me see. uh, How do we do this? Let's go to Jim. Hey, Jim, Scott Mosby here. How can I help? Thank you, Scott. Um, About 20 years ago, bought a house that was built in 1904, had a gravel driveway. Um, The gravel was like four feet deep. Um, Replaced it with concrete, which my brother-in-law did for me. And because of that, he made it about seven inches deep and he put um, steel rebar as well as the fiber in it and we kept off of it for 21 days so I figure it'll be around a whole lot longer than I am but here's my question Um, about six months after he put it down I sealed it with an acrylic and then about maybe eight or ten years later I sealed it with um, the, the other type that actually yeah, soaks the, down into the... Um, yeah, the silicone? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should, I, should I stick with the silicone, um, and at what intervals should I reseal it? Um, first off, this driveway's built the way my dad, old-time words, he was screwed, blued, and tattooed uh, with all the steel, the thickness, the mesh, uh, so good way to go. Um, I'm not a real fan of acrylic, of sealers, uh, unless uh, you have an exposed aggregate concrete. Um, I like the silicone. Now that you're on the silicone, stay with it. Uh, that's every three years, roughly, and it depends what you're after. To protect the concrete from freeze and thaw, you can go to three to five years, but to minimize the stains from oak leaves and birds with blueberry, you know, d- bird dew and all that, you need to get to two to three years to minimize. All you're doing is seal enough of the concrete to keep the stains up at the top, but as far as really taking good care of it, you know, for the moisture penetration, every three to five years with a silicone product is good enough. Unless you have one of these pro guys that do the deep crystalline water base, and, and then you're into thousands of dollars. That that's a whole different thing. But um, yeah, I would well, say we, three to five yeah. years. We do have. Um, unfortunately, there's a giant uh, walnut tree. Yeah, adjacent to the driveway. So yeah. Oh, yeah. baby. Staining is an issue. So. Yeah. Well, the every two to three years, and it's still going to stain. <laughs> right. At least you can get it off. Right, right. Well, a little easier anyway. And, and the idea is not to hit it with a power water, not to have to go to the big leagues to get the stains off. Uh, but with a walnut tree or, you know, serious oak, like a pin oak, man, they're just tough to keep those stains off. Okay. Thank you very much. Always appreciate your advice. All right, Jim. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Stay tuned, KMOX. We've got the Rick Edelman show up next, but we've got more Home Improvement coming soon. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, stay tuned. Rick Edelman next. Later on, we've got the cards and the pirates today on KMOX. Lots of things happening. And there is a seminar October 7th, Saturday. That's two Saturdays from now. And that is on creating your master suite oasis. Information is at mosbybuildingarts.com. And we are going right to the phone lines here, and we're talking with Diane. Hey, Diane, Scott Mosby here. How may I help? Um, Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a new roof put on my house um, last November, and now um, in the springtime, I noticed that the paint in my bathroom is buckling near where the stack goes up. So I called the roofer back. He said everything looked good. Called the plumber. He couldn't find anything either. They even dropped a camera down the stack 
looking for a crack or something, and no one found anything. So I'm up in the air what to do. Uh, tell me why this is a problem. You're getting a leak, and it's around the stack. Do you have any heating and cooling ductwork near to that? Um, no, there's not. So you have no forced air? Wow. No, the forced air comes up at a register at the floor. Well, um, here's uh, one of the issues. Uh, how close is the stack to that register? Oh, it's about four feet away. I mean, um, right. I mean, where the leak is, it's probably... 10 feet away. Yeah, not to, not a worry there. Um, something's getting cold. Uh, if that's not a leak, when you get a big piece of metal and the, the um, paint damage is probably happening or the leak is occurring likely from condensation. Uh, it can happen at the stack, and what happens, it's just like the same uh, Dallas called earlier, and he had a big stone foundation, and it gets very cold in the winter, and the warm, moist air, especially in a bathroom or a kitchen, touches or gets close to that. Even that metal stack behind the wall gets very cold because it's full of cold air. Okay, but this has been primarily developing this summer. Uh, that, in the spring, and now it's 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 getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, that that's where I'm coming from on the air conditioning. Because if there's a there's got to be air when we have really hot summers, and we're in one right now, the air conditioner runs a lot, and it blows on temperatures. So the, the if you have a register, if it happens to blow on that area and that section of wall gets cold, it will suffer condensation. So you can cool off. Um, a wall across from a heating uh, or an air conditioning register where it blows on that wall and that wall four feet away condenses. So my message to you here, Diane, is if it's in the summer and it's not a leak, it's condensation and that comes from an air conditioning something. You see what I mean? And, and yeah. it, when you come from that thought, and, even, and, and don't discount where the air blows or a leak in a piece of ductwork from the floor underneath it or above it, uh, but something's getting cold uh, and therefore condensing water vapor into droplets, which looks like a leak. And, and you can't tell the difference. It, you know, water's water. Well, it seems like it's coming from in between the walls. Um, I mean, would that still be the condensation issue? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind here, uh, ductwork leaks on the average of 30% because it's just bent metal. There's no sealer in ductwork. So inside the walls, you also have metal-to-metal joints, and the air leaks out of that. If there's a hole in the 2 by 4 I mean, you can have leaking air conditioning coming out from inside the walls. It, it's It's very common. Um, and, and this is something that, you know, we at Mosby will come out and look at, but sometimes it takes some, you know, head scratching to figure it out. But I will tell you that if you look at it from the air conditioning and figure out how does that area get cold in the summer, you'll get closer to figuring this out for sure. Okay. It's All right. Yeah, it's counterintuitive, I know, but for the right minds, they love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for your uh, advice. You're welcome. If you get totally frustrated, give us a call. We love doing this stuff. We can't help ourselves. We sit around coffee clutches, and this is what we talk about. Okay. Right. Just do that. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Bye. And let's go to Jerry and see what's cooking here. Jerry, how can we help you here on CamoX? Hi, Scott. I've got a home that was built in the early 40s. It's all brick, uh-huh. story and a half, and the uh, gable ends are aluminum siding, uh, eight-inch wide siding panels. Mm-hmm. Underneath of it is the uh, 8-inch clapboard siding. 
Okay. I, I want to replace the aluminum with vinyl, 8-inch. Yeah. Is it necessary to tear that clapboard off of that? or Up on the gables up in the attic, it's not so critical. Once you have an inside thermal envelope, you know, a house that's heated and cooled and air, all that stuff, that's where it's yeah. really critical. Up above, it's less important. If, if you're putting siding on, you know, you're already up there. You paid the scaffolding, you paid the labor, you know, you're a few hundred dollars away from getting that old stuff off. I would, personally, I would do it, but you know me, I'm a nut. You would take off the original uh, clapboard siding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why not? And I, well, I, I didn't know, and I guess underneath of it is uh, one by eights or something, you know. Yeah, they'll be, but even up there on sheathing, you know, it, cost is the only limiter, but when you're up in the attic there, Jerry, it's not yeah. so critical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. You bet, sir. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye now. Bye now. And next up, you know, I've got a couple callers. Hold the line. I'll get to you off the air. If you make the effort to call me here, I'll help you. Hold up next, Rick Edelman after news, weather, and sports here on KMOA.